0: What an exciting day this is. What an exciting day this is. I know it's Compassion Sunday, but real quick before I get into my message, it's also Super Bowl Sunday, and yes, the Patriots are not in the Super Bowl this year, Jacovedi, sorry. So, I know. From my heart to you as your pastor, I'm sorry. But you've had all week to pray about it, which I know you did because you are so spiritual you even pray about the Super Bowl. So how many are rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles? Wow, wow, Jalen Hurts is a Christian brother so I'll just know that. How many are rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs? And how many are rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? How many are rooting for Jesus? All (laughs) All right. Well, I do wanna let you know with the Syria and what's happening in Turkey, we have a partnership. We're in the top 1% of donors with Convoy of Hope. They immediately called me, let, them know, let us know exactly where their boots are on the ground. They are ministering with needs, praying with people, giving them spiritual support as well, well as physical support, food, and so as a church, we are part of what's happening right now. So always know that with our partnerships, Compassion and Convoy of Hope are two people that we partner with on a large, scale to make a difference in this world. So just know that when a tragedy happens, convoy of hope, the next day is there. So we're part of a church that is moving and doing that. So I want you to know, for those that don't know about countryside, you've only been here a short short time, our church has always been a church that wants to reach the unreachable, to reach the most vulnerable people in the world God's called us to reach, to reach the unlovable, to reach the rejected, to reach the broken and bring them to a place of healing hope and put them in a place where they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, we look around, we, see, we have a great facility here, but this building is not the church. You are the church. We, together, are the church. And together, as we come, we can do great things and great exploits for Jesus Christ. And today on Compassion Sunday is one of those days. We've only done this one other time three years ago. And here we are today. And I want you to know, their first service sponsored well over 200 students and kids. There's only about 70 that are left that have the packets in the North Lobby. I'll get to that in just a little bit. For in your notes, 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and with truth. So often people, they, they can talk a good talk, but not always are walking a good walk. How we walk and with our action and what we do, people are watching that. The greatest influence you're gonna have on somebody's life is the life that you live. And in your notes, as Christians... We are called, all of us, to care. If you've ever seen extreme poverty up close, know this. Poverty is evil. It's horrible. It breaks down that society at the very core. It attacks the male person at their very core. It robs people of their dignity their quality of life. Sometimes it robs them of their health. And many people in today's culture, we don't even realize it because we live in America, people die every day because of poverty. My heart three years ago when I visited Leon, Nicaragua, was to go into some of the poorest region of this hemisphere. Next to Haiti, this is the poorest region. And to go into this region and to take a community that doesn't have a church, all they have is huts and dirt floors, and to walk around, and they took me, I'll never forget this, and there was a little strip of land. And they said, this is gonna be the church, the feeding center, the classrooms, the bathrooms, all that was on this piece of property was an outhouse that was falling apart. If you were here a couple weeks ago, you saw that outhouse. Three years ago, I invited all the women to come and join me on a short-term trip to use that outhouse. Nobody responded, it's amazing. I'm just kidding. But now we have built all of those things, but I'll never forget walking and walking the property, praying over to that property. And I was walking the, the border of the property and a little boy comes out and starts speaking Spanish to me. And he's yelling, he's anxious. He's like, whatever he was saying. So I'm like, I gotta get an interpreter over here. The interpreter came over and I'm like, hello, nino. Hola, nino. And that's all I knew was hello, little boy. And he said, he's going crazy. And the interpreter goes, what he's saying is, don't go over this barbed wire fence, because if you do, he has a dog that will literally bite your leg off. (laughs) And I said, he'll bite my leg off? Oh, see, see, see. And I never thought that that moment would be so crucial in my life. Because at that moment, not only did that little boy save me from losing my left leg, But that became my sponsor child. So it was before we ever sponsored any children, I was able to meet this little boy, I knew his name was Joshua, and when the packets came, I'm like looking all over, and I found my boy, Joshua. And while he was finishing up telling me about this, I'm like, hey, kneel down with me. Let's get a quick video. Here's the video with my boy Joshua, three years ago. This is Joshua. This is another one of the kids from our community and from our church that we're partnering with. What a joy. This is his home. This is where he lives. And we're giving him the amount of food he needs. We're going to be able to disciple this young man. He's going to grow in Christ to be a mighty man in this community one day. Look at the smile. We get to be a part of this face for the next 15 years. Come on, give me some, man. God bless you, church. Little, you hear the pigs in the background. Little did I know that that little boy, Joshua, would become my sponsored child. And now here we are three years later, we're writing each other, we're able to communicate. I'm his best friend. He told me I'm his best friend from three years ago. But if you notice in that picture and on that video how little he was and how really malnutritioned he was, And if you notice that little hut that he was, I was kneeling down and could barely fit into their house. I wouldn't go over there because of the dog. But um, I want to show you a picture I got last week. I got a a letter from Joshua. I want you to take a look at this. So look at how healthy that boy is now. And so... He took a picture of all this stuff because I gave him for Christmas a family gift. And it was like $100, $150. And so he wrote me this big, long letter thanking me for all of the things that, and he went into detail. So let me tell you what I was able to buy with $150. Your family is a great, great blessing to me. Thank you for all that you've done for me. We went shopping and I bought three pairs of shorts three shirts, one pair of shoes for my little brother, one pair of blue tennis shoes for me, underwear, a change of clothes for my little brother, toys, one helicopter, one bag of animals. I'm not sure if those are stuffed animals or if those are real animals. (laughs) We bought many food products, including rice, oil, chicken, cookies, milk, cornflakes, spaghetti, tomato sauce, cleaning products, soap, detergent, chlorine, not for a pool, that's for the water, toilet paper, dish dish dishwashing soap, and other things. Thank you so much. Then he goes into his academics and all the different things. But to know that this is a real child that I'm making a difference with is huge. Now, I wanna show you another picture that I took while I was there. You remember the little house that he had that had the pigs? This was a new house that was built last year through our giving at Compassion for that community. So it's pretty amazing to have a house that was tiny that I would've squeezed into, to a house that was probably about 400 square feet. And in that neighborhood and in that region, it's a big, big deal. So children are the hardest hit by poverty. And they're the ones that can do the least in their circumstances about it. They're the most vulnerable, They're the most impacted by malnutrition and often they're the ones that are the earliest to succumb to disease. Children living in poverty, they lack many things, but many of them, and not just in our region, but others, they lack water and medicine and shelter, education, family and real community. Something that we were able to do as a church as well is we built a tower that was a cleansing station to give pure water for the entire community. Pure water in an area of farming where they said that the um, filtration wasn't working there, that they had fertilizer for the plants that contaminated all there. So they're constantly getting sick and reinfected, but not in our community countryside because of what you have done already, we're able to provide clear, clean water for hundreds and hundreds of families in that community. It's amazing. Thank you for what you do. Some of you may say, well, Pastor Glenn, poverty is a big deal. There's so many dying children. There's so many starving children. Yes, but guess what? Joshua isn't starving anymore. My child. Alexa, who is Elaine's child, she's not starving anymore. I was reminded of a story of a man that went out to an ocean bank And when he went up to the ocean bank, there were thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of starfish that were all there. Surely they're all going to perish on the side. And he's he's taking one at a time, looking at it, throwing it back. And someone came up to him and said, what are you even doing? What you're doing doesn't even matter. There are hundreds of thousands of starfish that are surely going to die. And he says, not that one. Not that one, not that one. So of the hundreds of kids that we have sponsored as a church already, including first service, we're well over 650 students and children that we are sponsoring. Just like those starfish, people would say they don't matter. They're vulnerable, who cares? They don't have a voice, guess what? We can save that one. Oh, we can save that one and have a real relationship that is a two-way relationship back and forth as we see them grow and we see them develop. Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 35, it says this. It says, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did this for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. They will reply, Lord, When did we ever see you hungry and thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick in prison and not help you? And the answer will be this, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you're refusing to help me. So reaching out to the less fortunate, the hungry, the hurting, that's part of the DNA of Countryside Christian Church. When you think about our Helping Hands ministry and what's happening, we are taking our resources as a church and it's one of our top priorities of what we do so that when people drive by Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and they see the front lot completely packed with people that have need, that are hungry, they're not gonna leave hungry when they walk through these doors at countryside or they drive through this parking lot because we're going to every single week put 50 pounds of food, if not more, into their car. And we're going to tell them that God loves them. And we're going to tell them that if you have a prayer meeting, we're going to pray with you right there. You see, what we do for the least of these matter to Jesus. It's funny, when COVID happened, we lost our lease at this house that we were renting for many, many years. When we were at this house, we would feed maybe 50, 60 families a day. I had an older lady, she was probably 75 years old. She said, Your last message series really spoke to me that I need to do something. And she showed up last week at Helping Hands. First service she came into me and she started crying, and she said, Pastor, God use me. I used to help when it was in the house with 40, 50 people that were coming through. We fed in one day last week, Pastor. We fed 224 families. Church, that's what you're a part of when you're part of Countryside Christian Church. So why do we focus on children? I love that about compassion. They work with the local church and the local church is the hope of the world. I want you to know that. The words that we preach, the messages that we share from God's word, it's to bring hope in a world gone crazy. We can stand in the hope of knowing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's comforting. It's for us to partner with churches and then focus on the least of those in the community. Children. I want to give you in your notes five reasons why we focus on children with our resources and our time. Number one, they matter to Jesus. So often we look, what about me, pastor? Oh yeah, you matter to Jesus. But I want you to know, the the ones that oftentimes don't have a voice are the children. You know, the pregnancy center of Pinellas County as a church, we've given over $2 million to help support that pregnancy center because there are unborn babies that are being aborted in this city every single day. And we are called to be a voice to those that don't have a voice. Mark chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, it says, "'When Jesus saw this, he was indignant, he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who, will not receive the, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So Jesus is saying for us, come to me as a little child, as a little child with a heart that is soft, a heart that's not jaded, You know, we live in a world that jades people. And Jesus said, don't let the brokenness of this world mess you up. Soften your heart and come to me as a little child. And he said, do not forsake the little children coming around me because I love them. Jesus loves children and so do we. That's why we focus so much on our nursery program, our children's program, our youth program. It's one of the greatest youth programs in the, in the nation right now. It's just blowing up with kids coming from everywhere that are lost, that are broken, and guess what? They come into our youth program and our children's program and we give them the hope of Jesus Christ. And every week we see dozens of children getting saved in this ministry here. Children matter to Jesus and they matter to us. Number two, why children? They are the most receptive to the gospel. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Research shows that almost two-thirds of Americans that have become Christians over decades and centuries, they did so, two-thirds of them were saved before they were 18 years old. I'll never forget the moment that I accepted Jesus into my heart. I was at a little church downtown in Clearwater called Everybody's Tabernacle, and I was at a vacation Bible school, age five. People say, "Oh, that five-year-old doesn't know what he's." Doing. Let me tell you, this five-year-old knew exactly what he was doing when he prayed and sang into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, come in to stay, come in, I pray, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Five years old, and. Global studies suggest that the most receptive to spiritual and developmental input, children are between the ages of four and 14. So if we get them while they're young and give them the message of hope and the message of Jesus, they're gonna take that message into their families. Why do you think when he bought that house, Kevin bought that little house for $300, that that family then had seven people get saved, it all started with the salvation and the care that was given to that child. It's powerful what we can do. Number three, why children? There are a lot of them. And as I've been looking at our countryside attendance, there's a lot, there's something in the water at countryside, I'm telling you. But there are a lot of children that are out there that need care and they need Jesus. According to the CIA's World Fact, Factbook, over 40% of the global population currently is under the age of 25 years old. About 80% of the world's youth live in low-income countries. The sheer number of children around the world and the number of those living in poverty is staggering. An estimated 385 million children live in extreme poverty. And one in two or 689 million live in multidimensional poor households. There's a lot of them and a lot of them that need Jesus. And we get to take that one and save him or save her. Are you awake today? Are you as excited as I am about this day? Because it's an exciting day. Number four, white children, they are the hardest hit by poverty's effects and the least able to do anything about their circumstances. So, We partner, we make a difference as a church and as a community. Number five, white children, they have a lifetime ahead of them. When I was in uh, Guatemala, actually I, I may have been with Kevin on this trip and we were just there scouting out I wanted to see what compassion was all about. And there was a young man that gave his testimony that started as a compassion child when he was three years old. Now he's 29 years old and he's a judge in his city. So to take someone that was surely going to die, to take him to nourish him now is leading in the community. It's powerful, it's beautiful, and I'm just excited to be a part of it. So how? How can we be a part of that? So we can do that by sponsoring a child. And if God doesn't put it on your heart, that's okay. I had some lady come up, she goes, I sponsor veterans. I'm like, that's wonderful. This is not a strong one. This is just an opportunity. But there's only about 75 of these left in the lobby. And what it is, is it it has your compassion child. And in the corner, it says scan to sponsor the child. Now, you can either fill out the paperwork that's inside of it, or you can scan this QR code and it brings you right up with your child. Many of the children that are out there are children that are in our community, but they're all from Nicaragua as we focus in on that area. Another way that you can sponsor a child, it's in your notes, but it says, text to sponsor. And what you would do is you would text the keyword countryside to 83393. It's that simple. In fact, this little boy, he's standing like this, his name is Ronaldo, and he is part of our family in the area in one of the two churches that we are sponsoring. There's only a few of these that are left. Who wants to sponsor Ronaldo? Raise your hand if, that's, if you're interested in sponsoring Ronaldo. Okay. There you go. Well, God bless you with your Green Bay Packer jersey on right there. I need security to get that ho-ho-ho person back in the back if you could. I wanna, I wanna close with this this morning. We have an opportunity to be a blessing. But in your, in your notes, as I close with this parable, the vulnerable, the most vulnerable people in the world, they need an advocate. And we have the opportunity to be that advocate. My prayer is that we would always have a heart for the things that breaks the heart of God would be the things that break the heart of us as his people and as his children. And I love how this is summed up in the parable that Jesus wrote in Luke chapter 10, verse 25. So as one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this, and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. I love the way Jesus taught Just everyday stories and parables that connected people to the lives in their own personal lives. And he said this, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and they beat him up and they left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side and passed him by a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there. And he said, I'm going to the other side. And he passed to the other side as well. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, bandaged them. And then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to the inn, where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling them, take care of this man, and if his bills run higher, then I'll pay you the next time that I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus said, the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes. Now go and do the same. I thank God every day for the mercy that he has shown to me. I thank God every day for the grace that he's shown to me. Where would any of us be in our life if it wasn't for the mercy of God? If we got what we truly deserved as people, none of us are good, the Bible says. If we got what we deserved, it would be the worst possible thing, surely death. But God gave mercy to each one of us instead of judgment. He gave grace, which is unmerited favor because of his great love and care for each one of us. And he says to us, now you go and show mercy. You go and have a heart of compassion. You go and be a light to a world that needs Jesus through mercy and grace. I don't know about you, but I want to be a light to the world to show grace and mercy, not pointing fingers like the religious guy did. It's always a religious guy. I don't wanna be a religious guy. I wanna be a guy that's filled with mercy and grace that people will know that's a man of God because of the way that he lives his life. That's what God wants for each one of us. Can you say amen? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. Lord, we thank you God again for this great opportunity It's an opportunity and I pray God that you would just bless each and every person in this room. Bless them, bless their hearts of generosity and care. We wanna be more like you, God. So continue to grow us and shape us and mold us into your image so that truly we would be a light in a dark world in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, before we dismiss this morning, I wanna ask you, maybe you come in today and you're like, what is this all about? Ultimately, what it's all about is Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Do you have a a relationship with Jesus Christ? So many people, they go, I don't wanna go to church. It's all about religion. No, it's not about religion. Christianity is different. It's not about working your way to this or working your way to this. It's about receiving the gift, the free gift of salvation by allowing the forgiving grace of God to come into your heart redeem what's been broken and bring healing to your heart to put you where he wants you to be as a child of God, knowing Christ as your Lord and savior. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Glenn, I want that, I want that. I wanna receive Christ today. When I count to three, if you just raise your hand up high, there were probably 40, 50 people in first service that received Christ today, which is beautiful, amazing but I'm not gonna call you out, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but when I count to three, we just raise your hand up high and I believe that today will be the beginning of a new day for you. Hands are already going up. One, two, three. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, yes, thank you. Awesome. Amazing. Can we all pray together for the sake of all those that raise their hand today? Just pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you. You're a great God. And today... I accept you as my savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Today is the day that I know you as my Lord, my savior, my God, and truly my best friend. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a great praise offering that he's worthy of. So I wanna let you know The Super Bowl party, there's bouncies for your kids out there. If you go and go to the left, there's free soda, free chips. The lobby is filled with all of the packets for you to pick out your child. Next week, we're continuing with week two of Elisha, a man with radical faith. How many want more faith in this place today? We're gonna be going. Love you, countryside. God bless each one of you.
1: Thank you, Pastor Glenn. Amazing message as usual. Would you stand right now to receive your blessing? And as the altar prayer team comes to the front, I want to encourage you, if you raised your hand and prayed that prayer for the first time, come see one of these altar prayer team members to pray with them. And we have a free gift for you. It's a book called A Fresh Start with God. We just want to give this to you to help you on your journey with Jesus. So to receive your blessing now, if you would just open your heart to the Lord, maybe turn your palms upward an attitude of receiving. May the Lord... Bless you this day with an abundant supply of compassion to the vulnerable. May the Lord bless you in your life and meet your needs, the needs of your family and your friends. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We love you, church. Have a wonderful Sunday.